dads, parents in general, do you remember So I'm just doing a 17 point turn. Oh, what am I doing as well? I haven't got the shades on. Jesus Christ. Rookie. There we go. Yeah, dads. Parents in general. Do you remember the days when you could just do stuff? I think back on the old me. Pre-dad me. And I... I think on his excuses or rationales for not, not doing things. And it's it's a good sort of comedy, I think. Oh, this fucking junction, honestly. Bear with me. Yeah, do you remember that? You just do things, and the only limitation to you doing things was your own logistics. And you could you could say things like, "I'm going to do X, Y, Z on this day," and I'm telling you this, dear, as an FYI. And that all goes with children all goes unless unless you have what I'd regard as a quite bizarre relationship where you're still making orders like that not orders because I never I don't think anyone's ever order ordering anyone around um, I mean unless you're making assumptions assumptions is the be- better word actually unless you're assuming that your your other half is it's fine to manage the the childcare for the length of time it takes you to go and do whatever it is that you're electing to do. I think that the, the root of that must be that looking after children is really hard. And she sent me this a meme today that said is having children or raising children the hardest thing you've ever done yes and do you want more children yes which is a really tidy encapsulation of how I feel and I think how she feels as well it is phenomenally hard I would I would hypothesise that it is it is so hard because of the emotional investment you make in your children. We're, we're genetically coded to do that, of course. We're, um, oh, what's that? I can't think of the evolutionary term. There are two different types of uh, reproduction strategy or, or, or birthing strategy. So you get animals who have loads of offspring and they play a numbers game frog spawn um, slightly less rabbits 
Um, even even dogs and cats, I suppose, in a way, they have large litters, don't they, or they can do. Humans are not like that. Apes are not like that. Uh, we invest in our young. We have one child at a time, normally, and we pour our efforts for the next 35 years or so into that child. It's funny, isn't it? Just on a different note, it's stuff you see when you're when you're off duty. That you, I don't know if you, if you, the screening method is ever different, off or on. I don't think it is. Um, when you're looking around at people, it's not. <clears throat> it's not necessarily. You're making those scans of an environment. It's not really words or things being said that, that get your attention. It's not it's not like the shouting and the hooping and the hollering. It's things that appear out of place. Like fast, rapid hand movement. That sort of gesticulation. It's a good word I saw on CAD the other day. Gesticulation. Like that. There's a bloke on the high street there gesticulating so you know chicken bone in his hand from the chicken shop pointing down the road he's next to what looks to be his mate but he's doing that doing that weird blokey thing where you you maybe had a shandy and you're getting quite close to your to your mates it's a little bit a little bit homoerotic chicken bone making a very important point about Shannon or whatever those things jump out at you and I when that happened just a moment ago I for half a second I'd forgotten I wasn't on duty because that definitely the sort of thing you slow the car down have a little look around you know you start <coughs> you start thinking a bit more tactically and I dare say in that situation, I wouldn't have even engaged with that bloke. I'd have probably made the same assessment I made just then and would have felt no need to to clarify things. But it is, it is interesting that that scanning is going on all the time. And I think there's, there's probably some kind of subconscious neutralising force that occurs when you're off duty because I, unless somebody's bleeding out I'm not getting involved I was I was walking across a Tesco's car park the other day with a mate of mine who's not, not in the job and there's a load of job cars there and stuff he said oh yeah what's going on over there and I'm, I said I don't give a fuck I don't sure it's all in hand and there's five cops there with radios on if it's not in hand they can they can do the necessary as I say if somebody's bleeding out different story where were we oh yeah I was talking about how hard childcare is I've got a feeling that this my phone stand is going to fall out of its thing Wait one, caller. There we go. Let's try to tighten that up a little 
job done. Right. So, yeah, it's talking about how hard childcare is, and I think that that is why, um, to approach it as a team is is essential. It's got to be some kind of united front. I mean, it might might be slanted one way or the other, and it. I think with us, it's slants day to day. So like. On days that she's working, I, I will try and shift the ratio uh, towards a, a kind of support function uh, for her um, with regards to her work. But then I'll probably need my limiter on. Whoops. Um, I'm probably going to need at some point in the day to text her and say, "I'm going to fucking kill these kids." Um, and I'm going to need at that point, I'm going to need a sort of voice of reason from her. I think we tend to strike that balance fairly, fairly well, but no one really knows what they do. Well, I don't know. Actually, I hear you hear it's quite trendy, isn't it? Quite trendy thing. I was listening to a really good podcast the other day on parenting. It's the only one I've ever listened to, actually, um, and it's because it's it was recommended by um, a guy I follow he's got a really good podcast called uh, Cleared Hot and he is a ex-seal guy Andy Stumpf and he recommended this Growing Gorillas podcast which is a podcast about parenting but they it's a uh, married couple on there talking about their experiences of raising children they they said it on there oh we don't we don't know what we're doing any more than anyone else and I, I think yeah, that's kind of true that's kind of true but you do sort of know you can't I get that the the, the minutiae is difficult right so we, we, we have situations where we, we will say to each other quite frankly I don't know how to play this and the other day one of them was just throwing yoghurt off the out of their pot onto the kitchen floor and we we done we done reacting and explaining firmly that this is unacceptable taking the yogurt away that sort of thing found that hilarious uh, tried okay maybe that he's the reaction is the objective for him let's not react let's, let's starve him of uh, of reaction let's turn our attention to the other kid that didn't work either. We just kept pouring a yogurt on the floor. <laughs> okay, I've only really got two cards here, so I, I get the minutia. It's complicated, and there's probably some dichotomy there that we're missing. And it's, it's probably, it's probably loads of people listening to that thinking, "Well, oh, I know exactly what you got to do there. You got to do X, Y, Z." I, I, I think that's what people mean when. Me. It takes all sorts, and I just walk, I just go past a, a woman. She's she's walking along with her dog, playing the flute on a country lane. She's on a footpath thing. I mean, it does take all sorts. Bless her. Good luck to her and the flute. Good thing about animals, and that dog just don't give a shit about the fact that she's. Uh, I think what's technically called a nutter. Uh, he just he's loving it. He's like, yeah, she. We go out for a walk and go down this little country road and she plays the flute. 
Gotta love dogs. Where were we? Oh yeah. I was thinking, I was saying, this wasn't at all what this podcast was supposed to be about, by the way, so I've done that classic thing I always do and veered off into a uh, into a rabbit warren that I, I had no intention of stumbling down. I haven't got a lot of time to do this, actually. I better get, better get on with it, I'm not. Wrapping up that point, parenting is very difficult. Oh, and there's a sub-point within that. I know it's fashionable to say, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but eh, you kind of do. You can't. You kind of do. People do know what to do. I think when we start talking like that, we 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 drift into a kind of relativism that is not good. Rel- relativism doesn't doesn't seem to do anyone any favours in, in all it in all of its uh, in all of its context. Actually, anyway, conversation for another day, maybe. Um, right. Uh, the point, all I was trying to say at the beginning of this, fuck me, this is just, this is why I need a podcast, because, who, Jesus Christ, I mean, I would, I must be boring the arse off people, sorry guys, all I was saying is, I had one of those days today where I've got to get away on time, got, got something to do childcare wise, I need to give Mrs UK Got Podcast some cover, and it's, you'll see the strategic ploy here. She's got to get something done, and I need her to get that done, because if she doesn't get it done, she's going to have to do it later. And you know what's later? Jiu-jitsu. So, I'm thinking, my thoughts are up on the horizon all day. I'm sat in briefing thinking, I need to fucking get out of here on time. But I did get out on time today. I, I was like Neo in the Matrix, dodging... Bullshit cans. Um, I even got a little bit, a little bit done today. I got two, two cheeky detections. Have a little bit of that. Quite nice, yeah. Yeah, we had a skipper covering us from off borough as well, and uh, I sort of, she was, you know, she was happy with that. I got these, these two, two detections. Got, you know, picked the job up. Got it. Went out, dealt with it, got it done in one day. Detections on the board. We've got two beans for the team. Bish bash bosh. And uh, I've done. I've, I've made. I've made that power move where you've done something quite good, and because the the leader for the day she doesn't really work with us. She doesn't know kind of what what my standard is. So I've played this off like it's an everyday thing, Sergeant. It's not. No biggie. No biggie. Oh yes, paid the cost to be the boss. Do, 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 do. Look at me. I'm not gonna, not gonna carry on with that. So, the subject for today. One quick caveat: the best, because we haven't done enough preamble so far. The best podcasts I do, right, are when I've, I've got a sort of. I've got a whiff of an idea. I've got this like fugazi of a thought, and I hit and I hit record and go. <laughs> this is not like this, so this could be properly shit, um, because this is something that I have loads of thoughts about. I have quite a lot I want to say. I, I probably won't hit it the first time the way I want to it, it, this may be something we have to come back to 
So, start at the beginning. Sat in the living room the other day watching. What were we watching? Vikings or something. And I was. I, I, I would say moan, but I, that that seems like too too trivial a word for the, the, the sort of regal points that I was making about the organisational faults we have. And uh, I was explaining that this you know, our workload is unmanageable at the moment. We can't feels like we can't provide a service to anyone. I was going on about this and. Miss Unicorn Podcast said it's she said ultimately it's terrible for those victims on your workload that you you can't get to because you're constantly responding to stuff because you're so so short staffed. And I said something reflexively. I said, Yeah, I don't care about them. And I think I was a bit G'd up at the time, I said it with a bit more vinegar than I actually meant, and I I I've refined that statement since then is in fact it's that refinement that I'd like to discuss with you today it sort of took her aback as it quite understandably she said yeah, terrible for the victims that you, you can't get to she wasn't being accusatory of me she was saying it's, you're not you're given the space to to investigate your jobs and, and support your victims and um, so I'm just checking the mic yeah, that's fine. Uh, and um, I said, yeah, I don't care about them. And I, I walked it back almost immediately. I said, I said look, I, and I used that line from uh, Sherlock, which, which we've we talked about last time, didn't we? Odd. Uh, it's one point in Sherlock where John said something to Holmes. He says, don't you, don't you care about these people? And uh, he says, would caring help them, John? And that's kind of what I mean, actually. Um, and here's the junction where I feel I've got so much to say, I'm going to end up saying nothing at all, and that which I do say is going to be garbled. But let me try and, and make sense of this idea. So let's start with clarifying what I actually mean. What I don't mean I don't care. That's not what I mean. What what I mean is because I'm a human being. When I'm in front of people that have had awful things happen to them, I I have a human reaction to those things. But I am totally emotionally detached from these people to the degree that when I walk away, when I leave their room, when I come away from their address, when I book the prisoner into custody I feel nothing I'm totally emotionally unattached to these people and I, I do feel that this is an active choice I have made uh, I didn't come into the organisation when I first joined up with with any kind of change the world mentality I don't that's not what I came in with but I would I think without knowing it because I'm a human being I would form emotional attachments to the victims that I was 
this guy is screaming along. Go on, mate. Yeah, no, you go. You have the lane. You have all the lanes, buddy. Best of luck. I will uh, see you in 2D on the floor at some point. So, I think without knowing it, I would form an, an emotional connection with, with these people, with the victims that we deal with. And I have actively chosen to, to stop doing that. I don't really know when that decision was made, but I do, and I, I don't think I expressed it to myself uh, the way I'm expressing it now. But I know that I what I what I did do is I was I was able to articulate in the moment why that was a necessary step for me. And that is because to be attached to these people, to have an emotional reaction to what they're going through, or more specifically, to have an emotional attachment to the fact that you can't best serve them because you don't have the time, the space, the numbers, the resources, you don't have the facilities to do so become emotionally attached to that that deficit in the service that they deserve and the service that we can provide that was dangerous for me that was that was at serious risk of damaging my own mental well-being because if you take those things on Personally, if you regard it as a as your personal problem that you this that this poor person has had X done to them it's ten days ago and they were told an officer would be in contact with them and there has been zero contact from said officer. If you start attaching yourself to the kind of emotions that they'll they'll undoubtedly be feeling you or at least me it's all about me actually rather than generalizing I would be combat ineffective fairly soon so maybe a better way to think about this is that this is something I had to learn to do now the next the next segment of the chronology here is it's important to understand that I'm not <laughs> I'm not somebody who is sat in a corner of the office with one of the old blue jumpers and the elbow patches saying yeah jobs fuck mate I, I know we all say that I say that um, but and I think some people who say that are they are completely at a loss as to, to why they're there and what we're doing and it is. they well I think at least they, they, they appear to um, have lost all sense of meaning what we're doing 
that is absolutely not the case with me. Strategically, I'm as committed as I've ever been to what we're doing. I never lose, I never lose a grip on the fact that we are essential for a, a healthy, peaceful, just society. You can't have those things without the work that we do. And that is valuable. That is worth doing. That is, that is, a, that is a worthwhile way to spend your working life, to work towards that objective. Uh, and I think of this as the, our strategic mission. I, I, I look at, when I think that way, I'm thinking with a strategic lens. That's not the way I think when I'm dealing with the individual victims or suspects or whoever with you, but it's not the way I think when I think of the individuals. Because if you try and search for meaning in those situations, you'll struggle to find it. I'm sure I'm telling you things you, you already know, but I, I, I don't, mean to, don't mean to sound patronising here. I'm not, this is not me trying to be instructional. Uh, uh, if anything, I'm just trying to establish a, a framework for things I, I think you probably already feel in your gut. So when you're when we're dealing with, and I, I should say as well, I'm, I think it's mainly response officers who listen to this, but maybe this is not true in other departments. I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a response copper. I don't, I don't know what it's like to work with victims in, in CID or, or other, other specialist teams. I, I don't know what that's like. Um, but for the, but for the, the cohort of people that we interact with as response officers. you will struggle to find a, a, a linkage between that strategic meaning and the shit and people that we deal with on a day-to-day basis because the unfortunate reality is your, your efficacy on the, lives, on the lives that you interact with is minimal in the immediate term there's lots of impact that a police officer can have I mean that's that's why people call no one calls to say I'm having a really great day people call and say it's really hit the fucking fan here and I need somebody with a baton to come round and sort this out we've I've, I've said before philosophically what's being said there is we the citizenry can no longer control what's going on here a case of state a state of chaos, a state of chaos, has has arisen to such a degree that we need somebody who is imbibed with additional powers uh, when compared to the citizenry to deal with this incident. That's what a police deployment is in philosophical terms, or political philosophical terms. It's difficult with blurred lines there between what type of theory we're we're talking about, because of course the chaos order thing is a philosophical idea and then the uh, the additional powers when compared to the citizenry is is a, is a political idea but anyway that's not that's not important right now the, 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 the important thing here is that when you when you go out to these incidents or when you respond to these these jobs these people you will 
you'll struggle to find how in those moments you're progressing towards that strategic objective. We are doing that. Um, we are. There is a progression there, but it's. I suspect it's it's intangible, or at least occurs. It, it manifests in a way that is impossible to to detect in those in those moments. I. The the way I. Th- I think about it, um, this is where things are going to come a little bit garbled, because there's another point I was going to try and come on to, but I'll, I'll just I'll just try and flesh this out for, for a moment, so I think we're, the way to think about what, what we do strategically, we interrupt this podcast very briefly from a word from our sponsors over at onit, onit.com, 10% discount using code UK COP uh, on all the flagship products, actually Alpha Brain and Primal Bells, except not really because there's like a hundred people that listen to this podcast and why on earth would anyone sponsor it, let alone on it? No, the reason I interrupt this scheduled programming is because I adjusted the mic and the whole fucking podcast shut down. So I spoke for another 20 minutes or so before I realised that I've been talking to myself, which is not ideal. So I'm now on my way to jiu About an hour has elapsed since you heard me speak, or it has for me anyway. And I will try to do the. I will try to cover the points I I covered without making it sound like I've, I'm reading off a script. But I I can't get away from the idea that because I've already said the things I'm about to say, it, it may come across a little bit like that. So I've listened to the last ten seconds or so of where I was up to, and I was talking about the way to measure progress towards our strategic objective. So, I'm fairly sure I covered the the idea of consolidating the statement of common purpose down to maintain order. So if we think of that as the strategic objective, I think there's a powerful analogy that we could use here. We have to throw ourselves back in time to times of empires. We're going to use the Roman Empire. Nothing specific about the Roman Empire, it's just an empire that we are familiar with. So, within the Roman Empire, within all empires, but within the Roman ones for the the Roman one for the purpose of this explanation, they at the border they would regard the persons there that were trying to infiltrate, disrupt and destroy that which had been erected by Rome, they would regard those people as the barbarians. And it didn't matter whether you were a, an intruding force at the northern tip of the empire, geographically, or the southern, eastern, western, or any, or any marker point in between any of those. 
didn't matter where you were from, where you were attacking, you were a barbarian at the border. The Romans understood that in order to maintain the order that they'd established, they would have to engage these barbarians in some kind of combat, because if they didn't, then that which was occurring at the border, that type of uh, disruption and anarchy, it would infiltrate and ultimately consume areas within their territory, working its way in towards, presumably, uh, the capital, Rome, and eventually what they used to call an empire wouldn't be an empire anymore. Delicately adjust this mind. But what they didn't do, I'm looking at this in the macro, by the way. I'm sure someone will listen to this at some point who is a, is a Roman, ex, uh, Roman Empire expert and they will have all sorts of corrections to me. Send me an email, can't wait to read it. What the Romans didn't do, and as all empires didn't do, uh, they, they didn't regard that problem as a solvable problem. They regarded it as a containment issue, or a... <coughs> not, I suppose, containment issue works, doesn't it? Because they were trying to contain their, their order within their city walls, so to speak. And I think that is the way to think about the substance of our work. We are not dealing with a solvable problem. This isn't a winnable fight. We cannot correct the dysfunction that we are sent out to deal with. We can mitigate, reduce, remove temporarily. We can refer to other agencies. But what we can't do what we cannot do is solve just as the Roman Empire and all other empires could not banish permanently the barbarians at the border. They were a constant force and it is, I think, the case that the dysfunction we deal with is a constant force. It may well be, in fact, that you can't you can't have a free society without, without a certain strata of it derailing uh, and, uh, and descending to a place that the rest of us would, would, never want to, would never want to go to. When I think of it in those terms, I do, I care about that strategic objective. But it's, it's difficult and I've, I found mostly impossible to connect with that when you're on the ground dealing with what you're or with what's being presented to you. It's hard to see where what you're doing uh, in this particular moment uh, when you're at when you're at a job it's hard to see how that ties to uh, the broad strategic objective and that I don't I don't make any attempt to grasp for it anymore. I simply do the job using whatever whatever tools uh, I I require. Um, and, and speaking of tools, um, 
I there was something else I hit on the the recording that I've now lost or wasn't recording at all. Um, oh, empathy. Empathy is a tool. It is now the case that when I when I'm when I'm deployed to somebody, a victim, a witness, perhaps, but mainly a, mainly a victim, and I I know uh, logically, uh, I know using my reasoning faculties that this is a this is a dark moment of this person's life. This is a a terrible event that's that's occurred in their world. Uh, there is a sadness being. Uh, being injected into their existence I know that it is the human thing to do uh, to feel empathy and therefore what I do is I I reach somewhere in my mind and I I make an active decision to deploy empathy I essentially ask myself what would an empathetic person do in this moment important to recognise that, that that is not an organic process, that's not my mate down the pub saying you'll never guess what she's fucking done to me in that situation there would be no logical causation involved, I would simply be responding to my friend who's caught her, caught his missus with Gary the plasterer story by the way, I was bad day at the pub. I'm I'm mindful that this may come across as cold. And I I don't I don't think it's necessary to frame it that way. Um, I don't regard myself as a cold person at all. But I, I think, in fact, I, I think I know that if I, if I allowed for that organic empathy, if I didn't turn that off, uh, I would be, uh, it would cause irreversible damage to me as a person. And then, uh, my strategic objective, our, I think, strategic objective would be fully compromised. There's, of, of what use to that cause am I uh, if I'm rocking and shaking in a corner somewhere and off on on long-term sick because my mind is broken. I, I think it is far more conducive to that strategic goal of maintaining order for me to reach into my toolkit much like a mechanic would when he comes across a particular situation and deploy the tool of empathy when it's required. And then when I leave that that address or that scene or that, that interview room or whatever it might be, when I leave that, I place the tool of empathy back in my toolbox and I pick up whatever tool I need next, whether I need to make a phone call to the governor or I need to go and make an arrest. I <clears throat> Because even that, 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 all, that is all the same principles. When I'm shouting at somebody get on the fucking floor I'm not angry with them I, do, I feel nothing towards them 
I'm, I think it makes sense if you if you think about it in this in this this way actually this this flip comparison maybe draws out the logic of my original idea a bit more. What would it be if when you turned up to a a, a rumpus in a pub and you're raising your voice and shouting, "Stand there! Don't fucking move! Stand there!" What would it mean if you were really angry in that moment? If that emotion was real? Adjusting the mic, sorry. That's not good. You do not want live, organic emotion in that moment. You want, when you're in, you've walked into that pub, you want identify subjects. Priority number one, separate, attack comms. Elevate voice. Deploy. That's basically what you want the internal instruction to be. You don't want, I'm fucking furious, I'm going to sort this lot out. That is not what we're there to do. And you're going to end up in a whole whole heap of shit if you, if you are thinking that way. So I think that's a way we can, we can process this idea, perhaps. I don't think anyone would make the case that your there's something gone awry if you're not naturally angry in that pub fight situation. I think actually the, the, the opposite is true. You'd be told if you if you really had lost your shit. I mean, I I've never had that situation actually, but if I. I can imagine if I'd saw a colleague lose it like that, I would want to talk to them. I want to hey, make sure they're okay. It's, you know, what, what's going on? What happened there? Um, and I, I think the same course of action is recommendable when you're dealing with empathy. When you're sat across from somebody and they're relaying something that's horrific in their life, or that maybe maybe horrific's too strong a term, but that's causing them causing them a great deal of distress because for the for the truly horrific things I think you might have a kind of override system where your your natural empathy begins to roll roll forward again and then it would be a case of keeping that keeping that in line um, and that 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 I, I think circles us back to that original conversation where I I spoke a bit too liberally when I said I, I don't care about them that's as a sort of cartoon of what I actually think. I think I've made a logical choice that uh, I really care about why we're here and what we're doing. That maintenance of order. Uh, that, that, um, that holding up the, the city walls and the, uh, the maintenance of things as they are because they they could be so much worse. Um, I'm, I'm committed to that, uh, and I'm, I'm committed enough to it to recognise that uh, being rendered unusable uh, in the in the service of that objective is, is not a good thing. And the best way that I can remain usable, that I can remain of utility towards that objective is to is to be emotionally detached is to to pick up empathy like the 
the mechanic picks up any other tool and uses it where it's needed. Was there something else I meant to add? I'm sure I'll come back to this because it's something that I don't think I can cover it in one in one go. I'm sure I'll hit the, uh, the stop button and, and things will flood into my head. Uh, probably in about an hour and a half because that'll be after the murder simulation is over and I tend not to think about an awful lot when I'm trying to stop another person separating me from my consciousness. But after that, I'm sure that things will, will come back to me. And I'll try to explore this further and refine this a little bit. I, I, ideas are, are funny. They're, they're sort of akin to making a, a weapon or something from something from metal that needs to be forged. They, they, need, they need sort of beating up and working and being plunged back into the furnace and being hammered on again. And this, this is something that I think I'll... I'll have to, I'll have to revisit, and we'll, I'll try and, I'll try. What I'll do, try and do, I'll try and bring a sort of example um, forward on here and um, explain it that way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure where, I'm not sure where we'll go next with this this type of conversation. But I think, I think it is something worth something worth thinking about, something worth discussing. And on that note, I, I will leave you. Um, I hope you're all well. I hope you're all staying safe, looking after each other. Um, if you'd like to contact me, I'm on Instagram um, at UK Cop Podcast. And if you don't uh, already follow me on Instagram, you can find me on that handle if you want to, to, to message me. If I don't message you back straight away, by the way, because um, I, I feel I feel shit when that happens. But I, I'm, you know, this is not my gig. I, I've got four or five other jobs before before this one um, and it just takes me some time but I will I will always I will always come back to you so don't don't think I'm ghosting you or leaving you on red or whatever the, whatever the kids say nowadays I mean, that's that's not the case I just it just takes me a while to, to actually sit down and read and, and a lot of you write long messages as well which is great um, but I, I, I don't want to uh, just fire one liner back. If, you, if you're taking the time to write me out a, a proper message, which I have to say, the vast majority of them are quite sort of lengthy, you know, lengthy points and takes on things, which is, which is great. Um, and uh, lots of new people messaging me as well. That's really good. Um, don't, don't feel that if you're someone said to me recently that they don't know, you know, they, they know they're in, they say they're in training school and they don't really have much to contribute to the conversation because they're not out doing the job yet that's not the case at all um not not the case you, you know all part of the all part of the family now so um yeah if you if you want to sort of reach out and say hello when you feel that you've you've only been here half an hour um send me a cake in the post and then i don't know i'll talk to you all right guys i will i'll wrap it there look after each other be good and i'll, I'll speak to you very soon Bye bye